if you were a superhero, what would your hideout or headquarters be like? So have you ever seen The Holiday? Um, you know what? I've never seen it, but I have had it recommended to me by a multitude of female friends. Yeah, it's very much a female friend film to be recommended. They have prime real estate and the film is like little tiny cottage in the middle of nowhere in Surrey. Mm-hmm. Like adorable chocolate box house. But I was thinking if I got that and then um, built, say so like you could pull a book out and then you'd go into this like underground lab. Mm. No one would ever expect that. And also I get to live in the countryside. That's like house goals is a bookcase where you pull a book and it yeah. opens up to, you know, an underground cellar or something. Very Adam's family. But your version is more like Adam's family that you'd put on a Christmas card. Yeah. Country living Adam's family. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Although when you say that, the Adams Family House would also probably be quite a good, good hideout. It's it's a bit conspicuous, don't you think? <laughs> well, yeah, people would obviously know. Whereas with my other plan, the little house on a holiday, no one would ever expect that. They just think, oh, she's just a woman who bumbles around and lives in a cottage. She's <laughs> <laughs> she she has cats and sheep and pigs, and she's a delightful yeah. lass. <laughs> Leaves a note for the milkman every Friday asking for an extra quart for the weekend and all that malarkey. That's a great concept for a superhero is a sort of country bumpkin who lives a very simple life is actually a all powerful savior of the world in secret. Yeah. Like a like a sort of weird Batman character but less I mean I don't know why no one guesses that Batman is Batman. But they'd be like house and country reader by day, Batman by night. Bat lady. Or you call yourself Batman to fully disguise your alter ego. That would be the ultimate trick, actually, wouldn't it? I just have to put on a really deep voice, like the scream people, like, I'm here to save you. <laughs> the the evil villain voice that we've talked about. <laughs> yeah, that would make people not trust me when I come to save them, but it would be good. Well, nice Christian to... Bale does it as Batman, doesn't he? He puts on this sort of, oh, I'm Batman kind of voice. I'm very serious and disturbed and I lost my parents tragically. It's either my Batman voice or tuberculosis. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah so that's what I would do what would you do without a shadow of a doubt I would have Tracy Island from Thunderbirds that's a good point yeah a whole island is lots of room for all your stuff I mean I the thing with Thunderbirds though is that it's completely impossible like they don't explain how they get food and water um there's no kind of issue around five brothers and their dad all living together in total isolation and It's also totally conspicuous because why why would there be a great big house on an island like this in the middle of nowhere? And they're all like, who could International Rescue be? And I'd be like, um, I think it's the the five brothers and the father living on this island with this high tech stuff. <laughs> they look just like the Thunderbirds. You just have to imagine the blue hats on them. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I love the sort of fantasy element of it in that, you know, you save the world and you go back to your, you know, your exclusive beach and your sort of lovely brutalist 60s house and you've got a lagoon there I think they've got they've got everything like they had I think there's there's like a, a, a table tennis and a pool table and books they got they somehow managed to get everything onto this island somehow I like that that qualifies as everything for you it's like a table tennis table some books everything you could possibly need <laughs> the climate's so hot there's no nothing else I could possibly do <laughs> Well, yeah, because there are palm trees. I've seen them fold. So mm. they do. They, they bend over so funny, don't they? <laughs> they bend over the same way I fall over after a few drinks. <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> yeah, palm trees out the way, and that's exactly it. Because I think there are only two female characters in the Thunderbirds. 
yeah, there's Lady Penelope and um, Tintin, who it, it's, it's sort of, I don't know whether she's a friend or some kind of servant. It's a bit dodge. Well, yeah. Her, fa her father, the Asian guy, is the butler. <laughs> <laughs> she's a pal. And also there's a lot of sexual tension between her and every Every one of the Thunderbirds. All of them, yeah. Well, they couldn't they couldn't really put it in because, you know, they're puppets. Like, what are they going to do with each other? <laughs> well, yeah. But maybe just make her be, like, connected to one. But Lady Penelope's pretty, like, feminist figure. Like, she, she she's independent. She solves her problems on her own, doesn't she? Yeah, and she's very disparaging to Parker, which I enjoy. It's mm. like he represents all men. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> all, all men, with all powerless men, yeah. That's a life goal. Tracy Island and a bookshelf where the books open up. Yeah, it was super awesome. Hello and welcome to The Marvel Virgin, a podcast all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Paul and I'm a Marvel Virgin. And my name is Kaylee and I'm a Marvel whore. For each episode, Paul is watching a Marvel movie or TV series for the very first time. And with my help, we'll be delving into the good and not so good aspects of the MCU and navigating the secrets and intricacies of this big and complex universe. If you'd like to send in any questions, comments, factoids, or even if you'd like to correct anything we've said, after all, we're not perfect, then you can tweet us at The Marvel Virgin. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy the show. Today we're talking about Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Ooh, which, so, and it's a good time of year to do it because it is winter. It is It is getting to winter now, although the Winter Soldier doesn't have any winter powers. Like it, it kind of suggests a sort of white witch kind of vibe. You wanted it to be like Frozen, didn't you? <laughs> it could have been like Frozen. They would have sold a lot of money. They would have sold, they would have made a lot of money. Sold a lot of money. <laughs> That's <laughs> why you don't. Billions. You're like <laughs> Pepper Potts. Please buy my money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my bad business dealings. Yeah. I mean, did you like it before we dive into the plot? I did like it, actually. Oh, I thought cool. this was really, really good. I am. Um... Spectacular film. Yeah. It, it, this, you like this one as well, do you? I do. I love this film. This I thought... new one as well, before I went in, rather than like last week when I was like, no, I hate this film. And I came out like, no, I like it now. <laughs> this time I've always liked it. <laughs> You're, you're completely consistent in your opinion on this one. Yes. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I liked, uh, I thought that the story built up really well. Like it's quite, it, there's a lot of tension throughout for pretty much most of it. Yeah, they, then when it all comes to a head in the big climax, it's all very satisfying and everything gets yeah. tied up really well. I thought that Captain America's faults were not as glaring as they are in the first film. I think he's he's sanctimonious, but like, you kind of agree with him most of the time this this time round. <laughs> Sentimentalist in the right way. Yeah, yeah, in, in the right right times, right context. But the other characters are quite, are very strong too. Uh, like, I mean, I'm always a big fan of Black Widow. She's my gal. I know, and she got a big role in this one. And so did Fury. And you know, you can't can't beat Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, he's Samuel L. Jackson. He's a power couple husband, isn't he? So exactly. I like that. Um, there's the other female S.H.I.E.L.D. agent played by the woman from Revenge. Yes, the other uh, female. <laughs> the other female, I cannot remember her name, but uh, I thought she was really cool. And she'd had a lot, she had a lot of good stuff to do. She's, you know, very minor character, but hey, I liked her. And Hill is in there and she's cool. Did you and... feel a bit sad that, um, I was thinking about this, that the, the spoiler twist 
had been spoiled for you because you watched it play out in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Well, I didn't think much was spoiled, to be honest. Um, well, theory is alive. And that was a twist that you shouldn't have seen coming. I guess so. But I still, it didn't actually ruin the film, I found. I still found it very sad because I wasn't sure where it was going to go. I knew how this had happened from the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. perspective. Um, I knew that there was some big fight at the Triskelion, their big headquarters in Washington, D.C. I knew that Fury was sort of had to run away, but I didn't know how. I didn't know how that had come about. He just kind of turns up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. like, I'm not dead, guys. Woo! Jazz hands. <laughs> and I didn't know how it would wrap up as well, because in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. it hasn't quite wrapped up. It's They've sort of said oh, Coulson, you're now ahead of S.H.I.E.L.D. and la la la, and we're going to carry on into season two. Whereas I wasn't sure how this was going to conclude itself as a film. Yeah. So it was still, it was still a surprise. I still wasn't sure what was going to happen exactly. It's quite cool that it's not so um, CGI heavy as some of the superhero films as well. It feels more like an old school espionage action film. Definitely, yeah. And I think they worked hard on the plot. They worked hard on building it up. Like right from the beginning, there are all these hints that there's something wrong in S.H.I.E.L.D. And gradually these little elements start coming out and you're never quite sure who to trust. Um, yeah. Like for a while, I thought that the other female character was going to turn out to be a villain. But then there were other characters who I thought, do we trust them? Do we not? Like, who do we go? There is a sense of, you know, who does Captain America go to? And um, I just thought that was done really well, quite frankly. Yeah, well, I'm glad you liked it because I would have been quite sad if you liked Dark World and not Winter Soldier. <laughs> you would have been like, this podcast is over. I'm done with it now. You've made terrible life choices and I'm, I'm over you. <laughs> Your opinion is wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, well, that's good. And it, so it starts off with Captain America and another guy running in the park. And this is the guy who later on gets the, the big metal wings. And is he called yeah. Falcon? That will, yeah, that's well, that's his like superhero name. That's his superhero, okay. But he's not like a he's a superhero in the same way that Black Widow and um uh, Jeremy Rand and Hawkeye are superheroes now. He doesn't have a power, but you know, he's pretty good with a certain gadget. He's got yeah. a skill set. Yeah, and I guess sometimes superhero is a state of mind rather than state of being. So look at oh. Coulson. Oh my god, that's really deep. That means I'll we're all superheroes in our way. We just need to believe in ourselves. We do. <laughs> and then you can do anything. Yay, I can fly. I can't fly. <laughs> um, what's Falcon's real name then? I can't remember it. It's, it's Anthony Mackie. Hang on. <laughs> I know it's Anthony Mackie. But <laughs> My brain's not working because I can only think Falcon. <laughs> we could just call him Falcon, I guess. Yeah, we'll just call him Falcon. Let's call him Falcon. Anthony. No, his name is Sam. Sam. Okay, Sam. Well, I'll, I'll call him Falcon just to be nice and clear. Um, so Captain America and Falcon meet in the park and they become friends. I love that Falcon says to him, must have freaked you out being all defrosted after 70 odd years. <laughs> I was like, that's a bit, that's putting it mildly, freaked you out a bit. Well, what do you say in those situations? That's the sort of comment I would make personally. I like, that must have been weird. I can relate to this. <laughs> I would have been a little bit more like expressive would have been like that must have been the shit like you woke up and suddenly it's 2013 <laughs> were you like dreaming did you dream while you were frozen i'd want to know the specifics did you have a nervous breakdown did you kill anyone <laughs> yeah how are you making money now are you financially secure are you not financially secure did you get your pension 
payout from like what you were owed for 60, 70 years. Did you invest something in the 40s and then come back to it now and find that actually you're a millionaire? Because he surely he's getting money somehow. Yeah, but he he does have... um, he recommends him something and Captain America has like a little book with a list of things that he obviously has to look up. He's got like the moon landings and and he's got the Beatles in there or something like that. I thought that was cute. That was cute. That was actually on my quiz because they changed the list for each country it showed in. Oh, do they? Oh. Yeah. I'll get back. I'll get to that later. I'll okay. read you some things on the list. You can try and guess actually. That'd be fun for you. Yeah, I'll try and get. So I'm guessing that there's stuff that's more integral to that that country's history and yeah. that country's culture. Okay, okay, that could be interesting. Okay, that'll be fun. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, and then uh, Captain America and Black Widow get shipped off to the Indian Ocean uh, for a mission involving pirates and shit. Not like the good pirates, but like the real kind of pirates. Um, yeah, it's a area of pirates. pirates. No Captain no, Sparrow. No, no Captain Sparrow. Um, no cutlasses or anything like that. And yeah. um, uh, they're trying to extract... Uh, some hostages but they've also got like lots and lots of um shield intel on like a little usb um and this is quite an exciting fight scene i liked that cat with captain america's fighting it it this was the first time that i saw how like powerful he is as a superhero because i complained in the first film that i didn't really get what his power was he's just strong whereas here it's like he's strong he's got stamina he's like just just like superhuman quite literally isn't he yeah he's very good and he's a very good leader which we've discussed as well he has many many attributes and he also is using his shield a lot more offensively as well as defensively this time around and it shows how he gets the shield back after he's thrown it that was something they didn't really show in even in avengers is that there's so many his, his movements are uh choreographed so that he throws the shield away but then he catches it and then uses it again and that was that was just really well thought out, I thought. Um, and there's also more force in his movements. Like he, he, he's like a sort of cannonball that's about to just go poof like that on you. I think they did adapt it. So the shield this time has two handles rather than one. Ah. So a bit more in like, I think they said it was like more like an Eastern fighting style where you use the shield as your weapon as well as your shield. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, that's interesting. It is. Yeah. Because they do have to find a way around that. Because if he's got a shield, he effectively only has one hand to fight with. So, yeah. but they've because of the way he's he moves in the fights. That's that that is it's convincingly he's convincingly a threat to the bad guys for the first time, in my opinion. Yeah, I wouldn't want to come up against him, mm. especially if Natasha was behind him. I know. Yeah, I mean, she's even more <laughs> lethal because she actually kills people. He knocks people out or throws them off the boat. She just shoots them. <laughs> Yeah, he's like a Disney prince. You know, they never have a Disney hero kill anyone. They always just fall to their deaths. Mm. He's that guy. Whereas she's just like, yeah, that, you just die. I kill you. But then uh, he gets a bit uh, miffed off during the during the whole thing because she's trying to get the intel and doesn't really care about the hostages. Whereas he is trying to get the hostages but doesn't really care about the intel because he's a good man and he's pious. And she's a, a bad lady. <laughs> she's a badass lady, yeah. And he's also unhappy with Fury. He's a bit of a moaning myrtle at the moment, isn't he? He's unhappy with Fury because Fury didn't tell him that Black Widow was going to do this. And he's all like, you need to communicate. And Fury does need to open up more. As a Yeah, he's, to be fair, that is exactly what you said about the whole of S.H.I.E.L.D. You were like, no one's communicating. And now that 
Steve's pointed out, you're not interested. <laughs> it's mental. They're just like, I'm going to tell this person that, but keep this a secret. But I'm going to tell that secret to this person, but not tell them this bit. And I'm like, why? Why would you do that? Have, no. have a briefing. Give people some leaflets. That's what I would do. A daily bulletin via email works perfectly well. Yeah, or like a round robin where everyone can like cc it in, and if they've got like anything to add to the agenda, they can just drop a line and like oh, I'm here to get you know data. Exactly, but they do emphasise how that behaviour has led to Hydra um, flourishing because yeah. if you've got all these secrets, it's easy for secret organisations, secret evil secret deeds to spawn, isn't it? Yeah. Very true. Fools. Fools of Tooks is what they are. <laughs> They've made this bed and they need to lie in it. They deserve to lie in it, quite frankly. They always deserve for S.H.I.E.L.D. just get wiped out. They do. <laughs> Fury introduces Captain America to Project Insight, which is basically three very big, very cool, very powerful flying machines. Um, yeah. Captain America doesn't like it. Uh, he feels that because uh, he doesn't really like anything that S.H.I.E.L.D. does at the moment no. and he moans again and he basically is like um, this is this is born out of fear not out of defense or something like that I didn't I, I was a bit like I don't quite agree with you there Captain America but you know whatever you're you, you're a big hero so what so fine and also I mean they have every right to be afraid look at what happened in the Avengers movie there were all those centipedes I know, like giant, giant robot snake centipede whale things. So hey, of man. course they're going to build weapons. And he's like, in World War Two, we did it out of defense. And I'm like, you're you are defending yourself against something <laughs> even worse than Nazis. It's World War Three, and there are aliens this time. So just just get your head in the game. So he's he's all moody about it. So he does what anyone who is moody does, and he goes off to the Smithsonian to look at his own exhibition about what? himself. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you feel good or I think he's like reminding himself what he stood for he's like am I still doing this no I feel, it's like the bit in Team America with when um he's walking around the different like uh memorials in Washington it has that freedom song that freedom isn't free that one I just thought of <laughs> that it was just it was very cheesy that moment but it kind of went but he also visits Peggy who's alive but old, old. yeah <laughs> yeah she's pretty old now we sat we see her it's nice to see her back, right? It's nice to see her. And I'm all for Hayley Atwell being in things because I think she's great. We also know that she's ill because she coughs. If someone coughs in Hollywood, they're going to die bad. very soon. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the Moulin Rouge. It does not end well for Nicole. It does not, no. <laughs> to be fair, it should make us all more aware of the fact that coughs are bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're very aware of that at this time, in this day and age that we live in. Yes, if you've been coughing for more than three weeks, you should see a doctor. But we know that uh, Peggy, it, despite being old and despite being ill, her hair is amazing. She looks flawless, really, doesn't she? It's like uh, the end of Fly Manor when they still look like pristine but old. You're like, okay. Like a real elderly person that ill looks like a skeleton. Little wisps of candy floss hair. There's none of this like glam. Uh, she's she's glamorous Hollywood ill. But meanwhile, Fury is quite uneasy about things in S.H.I.E.L.D. He feels that there's something wrong and he's kind of taken on board Captain America's thoughts on Project, uh, uh, Project Insight, which, by the way, is a bit of a dull name for three massive freaking flying weapon machines, Project Insight. 
Well, you wouldn't guess what the project was, though, would you, if you heard it? You'd be like, oh, it must be something really interesting to do with Excel or something. You wouldn't <laughs> guess helicopters. I guess so, yeah. It sounds like a psychology project. You get insight yeah. into yourself. Well, maybe it is, because it's like, what do you see when you see the helicopters? Do you see defence or do you see fear? <laughs> uh, oh, well, oh, Freud will love it. Um, yeah. And but he's, so he he can't access some files or something. He, he feels like there's something wrong. So he consults the World Security Council, who are basically on like a really futuristic Zoom meeting. And he also meets with a guy called Pierce, played by Robert Redford. Um, and he requests that Pierce delays Project Insights. And I did like that P when Pierce has his glasses on, he looks like Alan Bennett. <laughs> that was what they were going for. But Fury's misgivings are turn out to be true because he's attacked in a very exciting car chase, which I was right on the edge of my seat during this one. Um, and he's eventually sort of his his van is eventually sort of knocked down by a mysterious man in black um, who has a very powerful weapon. But Fury manages to escape with through a hole in the ground. That he yeah, he's, he's like a little a little rabbit. Oh, he's like the fantastic Mr. Fox. He's like fantastic. Yes. Okay. This is fantastic, Mr. Fox. Now, <laughs> not frozen. <laughs> Taking it back. <laughs> uh, Fury seeks refuge at Captain America's, um, but he's attacked again. <laughs> this guy is just <laughs> will not stop. Um, and this and the super super lovely next door girl turns out to be an agent protecting Captain America. And Captain America and this girl have made eyes at each other over laundry. Captain America goes after the shooter, but the shooter is able to catch his shields with his hand, bare hands and manages to get away. So you immediately know that this is this is not some ordinary guy. This is the Winter Soldier. This is someone who can catch shields. And not no normal person can possibly do that. Fury dies in in inverted commas, dies. Yeah, but to people who saw it the first time, he died. We were all like, oh my God, Fury's dead. You've come in here thinking... He's not dead. Well, I did. I went like in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He gets announced as dead. And then about two episodes late, it's not for another two or three episodes that he turns up again. So I did still go through that process a little bit, but it wasn't. I think this film would have done it a lot more effectively. Yeah, because it, it was a good twist. Like when he comes back, you're like. <gasps> and it's better written than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It is so much better written than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> um, so Captain America then meets with um, Alan Bennett slash Robert Redford slash Pierce. Um, and Pierce thinks that Fury hired the the pirates, the, the the bad pirates, as part of a plan for Fury to sell info to enemies. Um, but then the enemies betrayed betrayed him and killed him. Um, immediately, I'm like, don't trust this dude at all. He's like, he's an old white bus male businessman. No, <laughs> no, no, no. He's definitely a villain. He can't. He just got to be. <laughs> he may as well have a cigar in his pocket. We know what's coming. He might as well have a cigar. He might as well have a German or Russian accent. He might as well have an alien voice. He might as well have all of those things. It's just glaringly obvious that he is not to be trusted. Um, but he's also now suspicious of Captain America uh, because he's like, why was Fury at your apartment? And Black Widow even questions him on that one, which I was like, ooh. And that was quite cool that there's that, in, that sort of um, antagonism there as a result of all these um, underhanded deeds. Yeah, looks good, right? And then we had probably my favourite scene in the whole thing is this fight scene in the lift. Oh yeah, the flight. I thought was... this was so cool. And he's in the lift, and he's and he knows something's up, and these groups of men are coming in gradually, and eventually he's like, "Yeah, these guys are going to try and kill me." So he just what does he say? He says something like, "Before we get started, does anyone want to get off?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
it's it's a really good scene actually i think they do like even though it's a more serious film than so many others it, it, it does have fun with itself it does i didn't yeah it, it had lots of fun moments and it had i like the um relationship between captain america and black widow where she's um giving him like a relationship advice and be like what about this girl she kind of likes she's cute like la, la, la. and that really humanized her as well yeah. i think which i think was really important because she can end up being just so ruthless and cold that you don't warm to her but you do warm to her as a result of this apparently um scarlet <laughs> johansson i won't just call her scarlet and Chris Evans wrote quite a lot of their dialogue together. That's cute. Yeah, so it's nice. I think they probably brought a little bit of themselves to the role a bit more. There's a genuine camaraderie between them, I think. Yeah. Which is when when Black Widow was distrusting him, I genuinely was feeling, no, please trust him. He's Captain America. Your friends. You are fr <laughs> your friends. Fight together. It's better when you fight together. It's more entertaining for me. <laughs> it's true because he was like pings her off his shield and stuff. Like throws her into the air. It's good. They can't not fight together. Exactly, exactly. So everyone thinks that Captain America is a traitor in within Shield, um, but uh, the lovely next door girl does not because she's plucky. <laughs> she thinks for herself. She thinks for herself. Yeah. Is this the first one that doesn't have an actual like love interest where they declare love for each other? The first MCU film. I think it might be. You know, because although. Um, the lovely next door girl is kind of hinted at. It's not her purpose in the story, is it? It's just a... He's kind of like a sort of independent male character, which is rare in superheroes too, actually. Yeah. I guess there's the short scene with Peggy, um, but then shes it's such a short scene that it's almost insignificant a quick cut could have got rid of it and it's i think feel like i'm suddenly thinking like there's no there isn't a jane there isn't a pepper Potts, there isn't a, a Liv tyler or anything is there no, it's very early X-Files when you've got Fox and Mulder and their friendship is kind of like that with, with Old Widow. So Captain America and Black Widow do eventually trust each other. And Black Widow reveals that this man in black is the Winter Soldier. Meanwhile, the, all these people on Zoom, the World Security Council, they want Project Insight reactivated. And I'm kind of, <laughs> I was thinking, they always make bad decisions because these are the guys who are like, you know what? New York's in trouble. You know what we're going to do? We're going to throw a nuclear weapon straight into it and just destroy the whole place. <laughs> yeah, they don't really think with their brains so much as their pokey fingers that just initiate action sequences. Red buttons, rah, rah, rah. But then I was like, how could they always making bad decisions and not getting pulled up on it? And then I suddenly think about our government in the last year and I think, mm, actually, yeah, this is realistic, isn't it? <laughs> it's horribly realistic, yeah. <laughs> So Captain America and Black Widow head off to Captain America's old training camp and un hidden underneath it, uh, they find an old S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters, which was used by uh, Tony Stark's father. And there's a picture of Tommy Lee Jones on there and um, Peggy, the picture of young Peggy in there. And they find um, Toby Jones from the first film in computerized form. Uh, he's sort of been turned into a computer and this was really sinister. I thought this gave me jitters. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. And he reveals that he was employed by S.H.I.E.L.D. after the events of Captain America, but he set up a secret Hydra unit within S.H.I.E.L.D. And they have been through the powers of S.H.I.E.L.D. covertly causing war and bad things. And what they're looking for is that humans need to sacrifice their freedom willingly. Like, because he said the mistake of the Nazis was that they forced people to get rid of their freedom. But he wants to show people that people that they need to get rid of their freedom. 
And I just thought this was extremely clever and extre and very sort of philosophical about the nat about human nature, wasn't it? It's, yeah, and you could apply it to so many real life situations. I'm thinking of like um, the US presidential election in 2016. <laughs> Where I was going is like, oh, you trick them into thinking it's a protest vote, maybe even our Brexit vote, like these things where you're like, this is how you protest something, and then it actually means that the government gets the result they want. It shows that Toby Jones is a fab actor. He yeah, he, he has one scene in this, and I thought he was very, very good. Um, but then uh, he mentions an algorithm that they're looking for, and this out al this algorithm is like, um, it's like information uh, about all the people that they think will be superheroes or will be a threat to Hydra in the future, isn't it? They And they sort of go into, I don't think it's this scene, I think it's a bit later on, but they go into the fact that it's very easy to get this information because it's all online. So they can just yeah. find people very easily, which again, current affairs. It's very true. You could just Facebook anyone really nowadays or Zoom them. It's also revealed that um, Pierce slash Alan Bennett is meeting with the Winter Soldier. So told you. Don't trust, don't trust an old white businessman. Um, no. And then S.H.I.E.L.D. attacks the base that Captain America is at. So they have to make a, a plucky escape. Um, but then they get attacked by the Winter Soldier. And it's revealed to be the character from the first Captain America, who died very quickly and very unceremoniously by falling into ice. He fell off the train, right? Um, he fell off the train. Yeah. It's his BFF from the old days. Yeah. I. You know what? It, I, I can I didn't really recognize him because I felt and then, then when they showed a little bit of flashback to what happened I went oh yeah now I remember it because I didn't feel like they made much of that in the first film again maybe I I'm just hating the first film <laughs> you didn't like the first film and also I don't know how much they had planned for the Captain America franchise at that point so maybe they weren't sure what they were doing next but yeah I mean they, they do well at retconning and making it very clear that they were good buds they were good buds potentially lovers but that might be just my wishful thinking. When it is Sebastian Stan, he is quite an attractive man. Mm, this is true, this is true. <laughs> um, but with, one thing to say in favour of Winter Soldier is that he is wearing a face mask, which we all should be wearing face masks. Do you think it's quite cool that his face mask is the opposite of Captain America's? Oh, because it covers the lower bit of the face. Yeah, oh. and his eyes. <laughs> Whereas old Cap covers, yeah. I didn't bit. even think of that. That's... Ooh, they always said that cool. he is he's captain america like a negative image like in reverse so captain america is the summer soldier yes but we'll get that later because weirdly the film is actually named after like the, the winter soldier name pertains to captain america oh he's not i'll the do this now. well well no i know i hang on let me get it i was going to do this as the quiz but i i will just tell you now let me find it okay so it's assumed to be, be referring to bucky's nickname on a cold war but it's actually from an 18th century quote from Thomas Paine, which is, these are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will in this crisis shrink from the service of their country. But he, the winter soldier that stands by it now, deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. That's in the director's commentary. So I guess um, when, like winter soldier is sort of referring to either of them and they're sort of they're going to back to the mask and the differences between their masks. They're like, two halves of one whole almost yeah that's good that's good yes yeah. <laughs> i'll write that down <laughs> do it <laughs>
And yeah, so the Winter Soldier attacks Captain America, Black Widow, and Falcon. Uh, but they and they all get captured. But then one of the guards turns out to be Hill in disguise, and and she saves them. She double uh, hydrates. <laughs> she double hydrates. Yeah. <laughs> They don't really explain how she got there, but quite at this point, I didn't really care. I was too excited. It's just nice to see her. It's a friendly face. <laughs> Thank God. Exactly. And, and she takes them to another secret base where Fury is hiding alive. Surprise. Surprise. Saw that coming. Knew it was coming. I just, <laughs> I just had a feeling, you know. What was it? So strange. So in tune with Nick. Um, but the Winter Soldier slash Bucky, he... He doesn't have any memories of Captain America. He's now a sort of robot being controlled by Pierce, but his memories start to come back to him. So then Pierce gives him like a proper like lobotomy kind of treatment where he uh, gets it all sort of zapped away from him. Um, so he hasn't actually turned evil. He's been, he's been manipulated. He's been brainwashed. Worst kind of washing. It is the worst kind. It's the only bad washing really, isn't it? <laughs> oh, whitewashing. Whitewashing is also bad. Yeah, it's terrible. We don't like that. And then Captain America wants is basically to Fury like, told you so. <laughs> like, this is why we should communicate about things. <laughs> what was it I said? I said, oh, we should communicate so there are no secrets and then that doesn't corrupt an organization. Was it something like that? Maybe I should run Shield. Mm, maybe he should. And Fury's like, yeah, all right, got it. So Captain America and Co. Um, they go back to Shield. They covertly enter Shield and he I didn't think this was a good idea of his. He announces via the tannoy. He's like, guys, Hydra's everywhere right now. They could be all over the shop. And I'm a bit like, mm, I don't think that's a good idea. It's the, that's, the, that's the last thing you want is because Hydra is now going to just rear its ugly head because they're like, well, we'll find out. It also um, means that people who don't like certain people, like say we were working at office and someone had been taking my lunch every day, I would assume they were Hydra and I would use that as my basis. Like, well, I always knew they were a dick. So you could and kill them and be like, well, they were Hydra. They told the me. Hydra, it sows the seeds of mistrust and discontent, you know? It does, which it does. I mean, the Hydra then does rears its ugly head, as I said, and it beca- it's, um, starts attacking and there's lots and lots of fights within the, Tris- the Triskelion. This is all within the Triskelion, which is their headquarters in Washington, D.C. Um, you remember when you didn't know what the Triskelion was. <laughs> they kept saying the Triskelion in um, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I was like, who's Triskelion? Yeah, well, they haven't explained this. And I was like, it's a building. <laughs> You'll learn more. <laughs> now I know. It all, it all adds up now. Um, and the World Security Council are all there. And Jenny Agata, who is the female of the World Security Council, gets to like have a little fight scene. Although it turns out she's Black Widow in disguise. Yep. I did enjoy the fact that she got to beat up a few people. I was like, yes, Jenny Agatha, you've really it's grown a- since your days on the railway. Well, she has. And it's a very good mask she wears, that Black Widow. It is very good, isn't it? I don't know where the real Jenny Agatha is, like the character. But again, didn't really care at this point. Trust up somewhere in a cupboard. They're like, mur, mur. <laughs> <laughs> um, Then Black Widow has Pierce at gunpoint and she puts all the S.H.I.E.L.D. intel out onto the internet for the world to see. And he tries to sort of tempt him to stop by saying, but everyone's going to know about your past. And we still don't know about Black Widow's past. But she's yeah. like, meh, they can find out about this weird hospital that we've mentioned before. The fire at the hospital, wasn't there? Yeah, remember the hospital. <laughs> I the <love> babies. It. <laughs> remember the babies. Yeah, why was she like a killer nurse? <laughs> <laughs> and they launched Project Insight um, to the three big, big ships. 
Um, this is what I wasn't quite sure what they were looking to do here. Were they just looking to like kill a lot of people with the ships and that would then make people want Hydra to take over everything? That was kind of the vibe I got, yeah. Yeah, because they they suddenly mentioned like um, killing 20 million people to save 7 billion. So I thought, oh, are they are they launching like a nuclear attack or something it's i this is this was one fault with the film is this what it wasn't massively clear what their plan was at this point yeah i kind of got the vibe that their plan would be to create the disturbances so that they were needed to come and save the day type vibe right they're being bad people and they need to be stopped that's kind of <laughs> all we need they to do. <laughs> And Captain America and Bucky have a big fight in the central bit of the ship. And he's also trying to be like, Bucky, do you remember me? You remember me? And sometimes the memory starts slipping through. Yeah. But um, Bucky's like, I don't remember very much because they didn't film that much in the first film. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't remember. my mem I don't really remember him from the first <laughs> film. So actually, it's, it's quite plausible that Pierce doesn't even need that memory wipe technology on him. Yeah, he's like, you didn't, you barely hung out, it's fine. And Captain America takes one of those little circuit board things out of the central bit, but then he's, <laughs> later on, he's trying to get it back in. Mm -hmm. This I didn't, do you know what this was? I didn't understand what he was trying to do here. Isn't it like an adapted technology to put it back in? Is it, was he putting in a different circuit thing? Like a replacement. Oh. Like a different and controller chip. And that causes the ships to be destroyed. So that they can have control. It it's it changes their target to themselves. So he put this, he manages to get this the new circuit in, and then suddenly the target is no longer 20 million, the target is now three, and it's the three ships, and they destroy each other, they shoot each other down. Yeah, it's like a little hacking chip. And then uh, Bucky is trapped under under like uh, uh, an iron girder of some kind, and Captain America saves him. Uh, but then he st he still hasn't got his memories back, and Captain America is like, "Go and then kill me if you can." And he just can't do it; he can't bring himself to kill him because he knows that they're friends. But he still lets Captain America fall into water, and he saves Captain America from the water, and then leaves him on the shore, which is a bit ungracious of him. But there we go. Yeah, now it's like the fox and the hound, isn't it? It is a bit, yeah, it is a bit Fox and Hound. Yeah. And he's, he just sort of dumps him on the shore and then walks off. And I'm like, do you not want to check that he's breathing? Yeah, maybe give him a bit of a, the old CPR before you wander away, because you could have just saved his body for everyone to mourn over. Yeah. <laughs> um, the government, because governments are like this, they're unhappy with all the destruction that's occurred. And they're like, they've got Black Widow in like a court or something. Um, but Black Widow's all like, well, you could arrest me, but you need us, bitch. So, like, without us, 20 million would have died, so... Deal yeah, with it. so far, free ships. I know you're bad people. Uh, but Fury, meanwhile, burns lots of stuff, and he goes into hiding. So no one knows he's alive other than the main characters and Coulson, I guess. He knows that he's... Um... Still though, because everyone thought that Steve killed him or was involved in his death. Oh, yeah, they don't, yeah... So probably they're like, we clear his name. I don't know how, but we do. I guess um, Captain America has now saved everyone or helped save everyone from the big ships and shit. So they're kind of like, well, you know, if he does that, then he can't possibly have killed Fury. Yeah. Good people don't murder people. Exactly. Um, but Fury reveals that there are still many Hydra people out there and they have to find them down. Black Widow goes into hiding too, but she's like, 
I'll be back soon. Don't worry. I think she's going on holiday. And, <laughs> Go to um, Haiti. To Tahiti, yeah. <laughs> Mai Tais. Yay! <laughs> and Captain America decides that he's going to go find Bucky because Bucky's out there too. Oh, and Pierce has got shot by Black Widow. Yeah. By Black Widow? By Fury. By Fury or Black Widow? I can't remember which one shoots. Someone shoots him. I can't remember that either. Yeah. He did. It all gets concluded very well. And then I, this is something I like about these films is that when they don't hang around at the beginning or the end, like at, it starts and it goes into the plot. It fin- when the plot gets concluded, there aren't like endless like goodbye scenes or concluding scenes. It, they sort of like, right, let's just wrap it up and then end it. Like you just yeah. no need to like faff about. And I quite like that because I'm thinking of the, uh, the very, very end of the third Lord of the Rings film where there's like 700 different goodbye scenes and endings. <laughs> it's, just, it's like, oh, this is going on for half an hour. Um, and then there's a mid credit scene where the bad German people are talking and talking about evil plants and they have, it's Loki's staff, isn't it? Well, it's, yeah, it's the staff he was using, yeah. Yeah, he's, they've got that, which that's not going to bode well. And we also meet the twins. Yeah, don't they look like twins? No, but they're both <laughs> powerful people. And if they're a boy and a girl, they're not going to look that much alike, potentially. It's true. They just don't look like they were ever ever in a womb together in my opinion but they are very powerful people they're very powerful people and i assume will be very important in a future film yeah do you know who they are no no idea (laughs) you want to know or do you want to wait i want to wait okay let's wait i'll we'll find out when we get to it i want to experience this as genuinely as i possibly can even though i haven't really with this film because i watched agents of shield too early (laughs) (laughs) And then there's also a very brief post-credit scene where Bucky goes to, mu- to the museum to find info on himself, which I guess is the best way to do it. He'll learn things in the museum. Well, it's the best way to do it if you are from the very, very far away past and you are able to do that. For us, I guess, you know. I guess if you're, you know, if your character's so underwritten in the first film, then you are going to have to go to a museum to find out what the hell you did in your past life. You never talked about... Um... The true identity of Steve's next door neighbour. What the the lovely next door neighbour girl? Yeah, we discuss we talked chatted about her, but she's she's an a- agent of Shield. Yeah, but isn't this the film? Hang on, before I tell you this, I'm just going to make sure I haven't spoiled something. Oh Hang my god, on. is there more? She's 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 a Shield agent. She's a good one. She's not a Hydra one. I did think she may be a Hydra one for a bit, but it turns out she's not. She gets some kickass fighting. Um, and then it left. It's left at the end with Captain America. Or Cap, Black Widow says to Captain America, "Oh, what about her? Do you live next door? She's really nice. Why don't you ask her out?" And he kind of likes her as well, so he might ask her out. You know what? I'm not going to tell you anything else about her, just in case, because I feel like Ooh. maybe it might be one of those things you only know if you read the comics, and it'll be talked about. I think it might be talked about later. I'm shoulder shimmying in excitement. <laughs> but yeah, this so, yeah. this one's up there close with the Iron Man's and close to Avengers for me. Which this was great. Because you didn't like Captain America at all. That is the unpredictability of life. I did tell you that he gets better. You did. And you know what? I only half believed you and I should have believed you entirely. And I will never make that same mistake again. <laughs> well, what would you give it out of five? Out of five? Yeah. Um, a 4.5. It's pretty good. I think it's it's it was really enjoyable. It just had so much tension, but it was still fun. And you know what? It was quite a long one. It's two hours, 20 minutes, that one. And yeah. I was never bored. It whizzes around. You don't really have time to get bored. <laughs> and OK, well, let's do your top three Marvel films then Ooh. so far. 
Okay. Um, top one remains the Avengers. The first yep. Avengers. Ooh, second. I think, you know what? I'm going to put this one in second place. Ooh, I did really, really like this. Mm. Love it. And I think my third one is probably going to be Iron Man 2. I think that's my favourite of the three Iron Men. Iron Man? Nice. Iron Men. I put them Iron Men, but I, don't, I think it's wrong. Iron, I guess if there, there aren't like multiple, there's only one Iron Man, but several Iron Man films, so there'd be the Iron Man. What about you? What's your top three out of the one? Well, actually, no, overall, what was your top three? Well, out of all the films ever. What, what all films in existence? No, out of the MCU films. But I can include all of the ones that you haven't seen. Yeah, but don't tell me why. Just tell me. Uh, ooh. I do love Winter Soldier. So I probably will do the same with Keep That too, like you've done. I'd have Guardians of the Galaxy at number one, because that's my favourite. That's our next one as well. I know. I hope you like it now. I've exposed my feelings. My really it's going to be held to a much higher standard than it should be now because of what you just said. It's my least favourite film, Paul. It's the worst. You won't like it. <laughs> really weird <laughs> um i don't know because i like, end game is very good obviously because it's the end game but i also liked captain marvel which is controversial because all the men dislike it and i liked and i like the weirder ones like ant-man so but the iron man's it? in my top really Ooh. ragnarok ragnarok would be my third but you know you, you're supposed to choose three i think you've chosen like 10 there i've changed it so it went <laughs> it went guardians of the galaxy yeah ragnarok and, and I don't end game. You're not certain though. You're going to change that in the next 24 hours, aren't you? I will. I'll be messaging you tonight at like one o'clock in the morning, like, I've changed my mind. <laughs> I'll be like, go to bed. I can't. I can't until I've got this. I'll be messaging you forever. Yeah. But it's good awesome. to you know, touch base and see where you're at with them. Yeah. Like every few films, we have to have a quick discussion about what, because you may change your mind. It's true. I'm Dark World that is now better than I remember it. It's definitely not going in my top three, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'd put it like, in my top five, probably. I put it like number four or five for me. I, I really enjoyed Dark World. You know what? I think also the fact that people told you it was bad probably went in, you meant in with very low expectations, then you enjoyed it a lot more. So all they had to do was have one line that I understood and I go, this is great. This is so much better than I expected. Exactly, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> Everyone told me it was bad, but it's amazing. Would you like a quiz? Let's quiz me. Absolutely. I think, I feel like I need to get a, like um, a quiz jingle, like a do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do quiz. Oh yeah, we'll do that every time. Mm. We'll just go do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do quiz. Yeah, exactly. And you could tweak it if you're ever in the mood, like for Christmas, we could be like do 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 Well, we'll start with the obvious first question. What do you think it made? In the box office. Oh, I think it's oh, it's gonna. Did it did it reach a billion? No, not quite. Ooh, not quite. Nine hundred million. Seven hundred and fourteen point three million. Oh, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'd take that. <laughs> I know. I was like, we've seen very. <laughs> it's a lot higher than some of the other films on the list. And what do you think it got out of Rotten Tomatoes? I think it's gonna get a higher one. I think ninety three. Oh, 90, but very close. 90, yeah. I think I can imagine this one being very well received. It was. People liked how politically astute it was, which is what you said. So and We're politically astute too. We are. And actually, you know what? It's, um, it's said it's got really good character development and intriguing suspense. Yeah, I'd agree with all of that. I thought, yeah, it ticked a lot of boxes. It's all true. Um, okay, why do you... Why do you think Anthony Mackie got his role as the Falcon? Um, he auditioned really well. 
no he well he probably did but he, <laughs> he wrote a series of emails to marvel saying he'd play any comic character that would appear on film oh <laughs> uh, right <laughs> take anything to be fair they probably pay very well and you're guaranteed to be in at more than one film maybe and or, you know you could you're playing a character that everyone's gonna like so it's a great opportunity isn't it well yeah and also he's a big marvel fan so oh fair enough fair enough yeah, yeah dream real life situation and kevin feige was like okay well you can be the falcon so that's quite nice why did stark want the helicarriers to be changed the helicopter things yeah why does stark want them changed yeah fury's like oh stark insisted on making changes oh yes he does oh i can't remember what the line was now um well that's pretty much all they say but we know that in the avengers movie he nearly died trying to restart the propellers system, didn't he? Oh, yeah. So he changed it. They don't use propellers anymore. Ah, I see. Ooh, good continuity there. They learned their lesson. They did, yeah. It's good <laughs> they do that. Shame the yeah. World Security Council doesn't. <laughs> yes, consequences. That's what we have. Yeah. Obviously, in the film, we learned Natasha Romanoff's full name. Do you remember what it is? Natasha... Natasha Mary Romanoff. <laughs> I can't remember. No, it's Natalia Alianovna Romanova. Well, I wasn't going to remember that. <laughs> but you might have done. You like her. She's your fave. Yeah, true. I should have remembered. I'm sorry, Natasha. <laughs> it's always a good trick, actually, because I'm assuming this is a thing that they do in Russia because my stepmother's name is Natasha, but her real name is Natalia. Natalia. Yeah, they have... Um, because uh, I, I, I read a history book about the Romanovs, right? And all the hmm. Romanovs had like the same names. They're all like Alexander, Nikolai, Sergei, uh, Vladimir, all of that. Um, and because there were so few like Russian names that they would use, they had yeah. to have slightly adapted names for each person in order to distinguish them, basically. So, because yeah. you'd you'd at any given time, you'd have about seven Nicholases and seven Sergeys and seven Vladimirs and seven Dimitris all in one family so especially in a family as big as the Romanov. Well, there we go see it became a little history podcast. I know I, like... I should do shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah <laughs> um Captain America has a weapon that he never uses what is it? <laughs> My mind went into dark places I was like I could tell. <laughs> it, <laughs> um his sexual allure. <laughs> no, I feel like he does use that sometimes. Or he tries to, at least. Fails miserably. Yeah, bless him. He's got a little holstered pistol, but he never holds or uses a gun. In oh, this okay. Film. Why does he, he uses have it? I don't know. Maybe it's like a sort of like, don't push me because I do have a gun. <laughs> and I'm, I am afraid to use it, but I will. <laughs> it could go too far. And I might have to get out my gun. Oh, and who, there's a long list of names of people who were going to play Sharon. Do you want to know? Do you want to yeah. have a guess who was on the list? Yeah, or do you want to tell you? Okay. okay, well, she's auditioned for like a thousand other things. So I'm going to say Emily Blunt. She is actually not on the list for once. She not. <laughs> she's given up by this point. <laughs> uh, Meryl Streep. No, but I'll give you a Game of Thrones hint. Wink. Ooh, um... Oh no, she's already been the the one who was in Captain America, but she's already been in it. No, Amelia Clark. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she would have played it uh, quite well. Others on the list, some rogue ones. <laughs> so you can just tell me what you think of them all. Anna Kendrick. That would have been quite fun for a bit comedic value. Imogen Poots. I recognise the name, but I can't picture her. Yeah, I don't really recognise. 
she's not as instantly famous as some of the others. Teresa Palmer, Alison Bree from Glow, mm-hmm. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Jessica Brown Finlay. Is that Stranger Things? I think it's Sybil from Downton. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Stranger Things is Millie Bobby Brown, isn't it? Oh, we three... got you like a five-year-old in this. It's, it's, three, it's three names and one of them is Brown, so I got mixed up. So it's quite cool because of Iron Man Freeze, like fondness for Downton. And then Elizabeth Olsen, who obviously gets a different role in the um, mid credit scene. Oh, is she the, the female twin? Ah. Yeah. So there we go. Mm. Um, did you spot Joss Whedon's cameo? No, I didn't actually. Where was he? He is the man wearing the Captain America t-shirt and going down the escalator in the Smithsonian. Uh, oh, I did see him. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, oh, a nerd has come to join uh, the Smithsonian. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what it might have said on Nick Fury's grave? You know what? I read it and I can't remember now. No, I can't remember. What did it say? The path of the righteous man. Uh, and yes. this is a hint about... Um, Pulp is a hint to Pulp Fiction because that's his character's favourite line in Pulp Fiction. Oh, I see. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they do some little... They should have paraphrased it to the path of the righteous but annoyingly secretive man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they should have done. Um, and now I've got the catch-up list. So this will be a fun game. Okay. So all versions list... Can you think of anything that all the versions would list? The moon landing was on there. Is it the moon landing? No, that's only on the US version. Oh, okay. Um, rock and roll. Uh, no. No. They've got, well, I guess, kind of. They had Nirvana. Is that the one that's on all of them? Yeah. So I'll tell you what's on all of them. Then we can do the niche ones. Okay. All versions list Thai food, Star Wars, Star Trek, Nirvana, Rocky, Rocky 2, and Trouble Man. So mm. US version, you've already got one. You've got the moon landing. Can you guess any others that might be on there? Kennedy? No. No. That was a good one for him to have, though. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah, yeah. It would be believable. Um, Bob Dylan? No. So we've got Steve Jobs. Okay. Disco. Mm-hmm. Disco. Um, yeah, <laughs> Just good. disco in general. I Love Lucy, The Blin Wall, and The Moon Landings. Ah. You've got your UK version? Okay, UK one. Um, The Beatles? Yes. The, oh, they must be. Margaret Thatcher? No, but they had Sean Connery. Where he oh, <laughs> James Bond? No, they went Sean for a different Connery. spy. A different spy? Yeah. Mm. The game's afoot. <laughs> oh, Sherlock Holmes. He's not a yeah. spy. You threw me down a rabbit hole, you did. Well, he's like a spy, isn't he? He's a detective spy. He's a detective, not really. A sp- well, but actually, yeah, he does deal with spy-like things. He does, There's a bit of espionage in some of his stories, isn't there? What about the Australian version? Not up to scratch. Um, Neighbours. No. Or Home it's... and Away. Mm-mm. They've gone for someone who likes crocodiles. Oh, Crocodile Dundee. No. No, Steve, Steve Irwin. Irwin. Steve Irwin. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have Home and Away on there. No, they've got. Do you want to? They should have done. They should have done because Chris Hemsworth started in Home and Away. They should have done. Maybe that's why they were like, "Oh, it'll break four four. Mm-hmm. Um, ACDC. Mm-hmm. Space travel, more vague than the moon landing. Oh, okay. Steve Irwin, Skippy, the kangaroo, and mm-hmm. Tim Tams, the, the little cake things. Can we just read you the others? Because we've also got Italian, Russian, South Korean. Go on, yeah. Mexican. Okay, so the Italian version mentions Vasco Rossi, uh, Ferrari's victories at the F1 Grand Prix, and Roberto Benigni. Uh, the French version's got the 1998 World Cup, 
The Fifth Element and Daft Punk. Oh. Russia has got Vladimir Vysotsky and Moscow Does Not Believe in Tears, which I don't know if that's just a catchphrase for them. It's probably a film. <laughs> it, no, that's their, that's their um, tourism slogan. <laughs> <laughs> don't you cry here. The South Korean version has Old Boy and Dance Dance Resolution and the 2002 World Cup. Spain had Rafael Nadal and Chapa Chups, which are those little lollipops. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and Mexico had Nobel Prize winner Octavio Paz uh, and Rodolfo Neri Vela. And then Latin America fan versions had Shakira. <laughs> nice, nice. Sebastian Stan, how do you think he prepared for his role as the Winter Soldier? I know you like to talk about how villains prepare. Did he do any like uh, like fighting practice? He did five months. Five months of physical training. Nice. But he also did a U and did some historical research into what Cold War, the KGB, um, anything from that time period about brainwashing. Oh, interesting. That's actually kind of useful because then he can play the, the a brainwashed person with a bit more realism, I guess. Um, Steve tells Natasha that he's always honest. Is this true? Yes. Correct. Yes. <laughs> he lies about Nick Fury, but he doesn't. He just says he was shot. Joe Russo was in the film. Do you spot him? Uh, no, because I don't know who that is. Oh, he's one of the directors. Oh. Um, he's the doctor treating Natasha. Oh, okay. Um, how many times the characters accuse correctly each other of lying in this film? Hmm. Three times. More. Four times. <laughs> Double that. <laughs> eight times. It's eight times. So Steve accuses Nick. Natasha accuses Steve. Pierce accuses Steve. Steve accuses Natasha. Members of the World Security System accuse Nick. Natasha <laughs> says that she took, told lies for KGB and Hydra. And then she tells the Senate that Hydra sold them lies and that she had lies. You know what? If I'd read that fact before um, watching the film, I would have assumed that the film is just two and a half hours of people going, you're a liar, you're a liar, you're a liar. <laughs> it's like an old Agatha Christie book. <laughs> lies, you all lies. <laughs> and the final one is the obvious question. Where was Stanley? He was a security guard in the Smithsonian Museum. And you saw him, we saw him twice. At one point when um, Captain America nicks the outfit from the mannequin, <laughs> And then he puts it back again later on or something, doesn't he? He says something like, oh, I'm going to get fired for this. Yeah. He has a more funny cameo than he does sometimes. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And that was your quiz. Well, our next wow. one is your favourite ever MCU film. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to this. <laughs> no, least favourite. That's what I said. Least favourite. Least favourite. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what? Guardians of the Galaxy does look like my cup of tea completely. Yeah. And it just looks really fun and fantasy. I, I guess I'm kind of a more of a fantasy person than a military sci-fi kind of person. It's a very odd one, I guess, in terms of everything else that's come. But I think I hope you'll like it. We'll see. I'm sure I will. I'm sure I'll love it. We'll gush over it in our next episode. You've been listening to an episode of The Marvel Version. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you can tweet us at The Marvel Version. We hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll tune into the next fact-filled episode.